0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Charmed Life. I am your host, Trisha Carr. This is my podcast. This is my YouTube channel. You can find me either way, wherever you get your podcasts or on my YouTube channel, which you can find at youtube.com slash Trisha Carr. I'm very excited about this episode. It's actually coming, it's actually going to be a two-part episode. That's how exciting it is. My really wonderful, dynamic, powerful, um, energetic, and so very wise, so very intelligent, so very loving guest, Vincent Jenna, is on this program. And again, we had so much to flow with, to to go with, to talk about, that we had to make it two episodes. So this one will be part one. Let me tell you a little bit about Vincent Jenna. Vincent is a triple power psychic, an authentic and gifted psychic with the knowledge and experience of a licensed psychotherapist and the big charming personality of a showman. He combines his early background as a professional actor and singer and a master's degree in clinical social work as well as his hospice experience helping more than 500 patients through the dying process with his uncanny skills as a metaphysician and a psychic medium. And when I tell you that he had so much information, so much heart, and so much energy to share... I am in no way overstating it. We actually found a lot of synchronicities in common. If you've been watching or listening to my show, to this program, then you may have stumbled across me doing this mini-series that I'm doing called Metaphysics of the Bible, and Surprise, Vincent is into the a very similar perspective, and so we do talk about a lot of things that have to do with the Bible, the culture around it and surrounding it, as well as some other topics of personal development and superstition. What has been going on with our collective consciousness and our collective subconsciousness? We actually start this and kind of house it in the idea of. Friday the 13th, and what it means, why it's thought of as unlucky, or what these superstitions are about in general. And that's where we start with this program, and we go so many other very exciting places. And I hope you find some, I I believe, and I just hope, you. I I really feel that you will find some very beneficial and inspiring uh, information here in this show, part one and part two, Vincent shares with us. So um, the next episode will be coming up very shortly, but for now, Let's go ahead and enjoy the wonderful energy and insight of Vincent Jenna. Vincent, Jenna, I am so excited to have you on this program. It is a bit of synchronicity because you, your people connected with my people and said, hey, maybe, you know, Vincent should be on your show. And I was like, well, I know Vincent. I actually saw him in person in Burbank, where I live, Uh, two, three, I don't even know. Was it two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, you had a a gallery (gasps) reading event in my town. And I don't even really like, that stuff's not on my radar very regularly. I've never done another thing like that Burbank, California, I'll tell you that.
1: <laughs> oh, well, then I feel completely honored that you came to mind, that you were drawn to mine for some reason. Yeah, yeah that was about four years ago. Wow. And I used to live in Burbank too, actually, oh, really? right after we got married, my wife and I back in nineteen seventy-eight. So that goes to show you how old I am. Um, we were living in Burbank, um, right on Avon Street. I live on Lima.
0: A- I live that is the street over from me. I live on a. Parallel- Are you
1: kidding me? Really? Do you, you remember? You don't your recognize address? it today. We went back for a visit, and there's a giant high-rise office building right where the uh, apartment complex was. Oh,
0: so, oh, crazy. so over there you probably lived. You must have been close to then um, the Warner to Warner Brothers. We
1: were around the corner from Warner Brothers and across the street from NBC. You'd have to go down just a block and cross the street, and NBC was right there. So it was right on the corner Uh of um, Avon Street, and I believe it was Burbank Boulevard. No, what was the street coming right off of the highway? One oh one. I don't even remember Alameda. anymore. It was hundreds years ago.
0: Alameda, maybe. That's exactly where I live. <laughs> and now oh my every, God, that's everyone's so gonna funny. come to my house now. Come to my house. <laughs> yeah, that's yes, exactly Yes, that
1: that was the apartment that I used. Remember the famous cinder block shelves? No, you didn't have that, I'm sure. Yeah, Back no, in my so. days, if you wanted to save some money and you had to put some shelving up yeah. in your apartment, you got these designed cinder blocks. They just had cutouts in them and you'd lay them in a board and you put another two in a board. And that was our first stereo.
0: Oh, <laughs> your entertainment <shelf> center. <laughs> and TV stand. <laughs> That's great. I remember stuff like that in my grandmother's house. Uh, so I'm not. Oh, not, okay. You know, thank not you.
1: Not you. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yes, you're yeah i can yeah okay (laughs) i have a grandson but he's only 12 years old so (laughs) <laughs> you're a little bit older than that.
0: I am older than I was born in seventy four. I'm forty, almost forty six. My birthday is in about a week and a half, so I'm not that young.
1: <laughs> really? So are you? If it's in a week and a half, you're close to being in Aries. You're right on the border of being in Aries, aren't you?
0: Um, Pisces. I'm um, seventeenth. It's March seventeenth, so I think it switches over about five days after that, right? Yeah, like just
1: like five days. Yeah. I'm April first.
0: Oh, so you are Aries. You? Uh, that's I am April Aries, Thursday. fire
1: sign, and. Everything. April yes.
0: Fool's Day, isn't that funny? My birthday Absolutely. is actually Saint Patrick's Day, and so I have yeah. a lot of connection to leprechauns. And you know, I didn't even realize, like, I, like in, in you know, I, I work with nature spirits, elementals, and um, and I had sort of these remembrances about Jason and the Argonauts and the Celts and everything, and uh, the inner, the, you know, the the inner dwelling people, basically the mm-hmm, leprechauns, mm-hmm. and these this sort of spontaneously, I remembered it in meditation and everything, and I was like, then I realized, wait, my birthday is St. Patrick's Day, so if I have like soul connections to that, there, <laughs> I played a well, cosmic obviously joke there on myself. Has <laughs> to
1: be some type of connection to <laughs> yeah, all of that, right? Which which is really interesting because I've been doing a lot, talking a lot about Friday the Thirteenth, yes. and luck.
0: Oh, I love it. I love that you want luck. to talk about that. Yeah. And
1: I talk a lot about that. I bring in St. Patty's Day, you know, because of that. Because, I mean, that is the celebration, that holiday that we've turned into of holiday of luck and leprechauns mm-hmm. and rainbows and crocs of gold yeah. at the end of the rainbow and all of that stuff and green beer and
0: <laughs> yeah. all
1: that wonderful stuff. So you get to celebrate even more.
0: Yeah, and that, like you say, that's what we've created. That's the mythology that particularly Americans have created around it and it's the original celebration isn't or the original uh, memorial is about uh, driving snakes out of the yeah the it, snake famine and everything um so but I love that you've been talking about Friday the 13th it's coming up as we are offering this episode and so what do, what is the deal with it what's been going on what do you think is happening is there something really oh cosmic Oh my god you know
1: us humans we are so nonsensically filled with <laughs> fantasies and drama and delusions yeah. and we make a mountain out of everything you know <laughs> um so so the idea of Friday the 13th being bad is a total fallacy yeah. because the number 13 in numerology happens to be a very high spiritual number. And what's really interesting about numerology and numbers in general, a lot of them are based off of religious history and fact. Mm -hmm. And, for example, the number 13, one of the reasons why it's one of the highest vibrational numbers is because it represents Jesus plus his 12 disciples. Mm. So between the 13 of them, they created one of the most famous religions in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, that impacted um, so much of the world today. Mm -hmm. And of all the offshoots of that religion, right? Still, So it was a a major change in the world from paganism Mm -hmm. to Christianity. So the number 13 was considered great. And before that, the number 12 was considered special also because of the 12 tribes, Mm -hmm. the 12 sons of Jacob that created the 12 tribes, again, the 12 disciples. So those numbers for the longest time represented a high spiritual understanding and concept. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then, of course, something bad happens. Okay. Okay. Jesus was crucified on a Friday the thirteenth.
0: Oh, is so, that right? I didn't even realize that. That yes, is that is that is like the the lore about it? I didn't.
1: Yes, that 13th, is uh, the start
0: of the Gregorian calendar, or of, of, the,
1: Gre- of the Gregorian calendar. Oh, okay. So it wasn't until the Gregorian calendar that it became an unlucky day. Anyway,
0: okay. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So they figure, well, if Jesus was crucified on the thirteenth on Friday the thirteenth, that's got to be bad. Not to mention, yes, there was Jesus and the twelve disciples, but the thirteenth one was the bad guy yeah. who you know who betrayed Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that number thirteen has to be bad again. I mean, one of the things that I really find interesting, especially about Christianity, is the idea that they would even hold Judas as the betrayer, when in fact, it is written and said that it was completely Jesus's plan, or God's plan, right. to send down His only begotten Son, right, to be crucified. So it was a plan. Mm-hmm. So if it was a plan, then part of the plan was to have Jesus be betrayed. So Jesus was part. So Judas was part of the plan. So why is he considered then the bad guy rather than the guy who helped Jesus fulfill His destiny, right? No. So that's all crazy stuff, right?
0: Well, but I then it's think- as- it's really oh, go ahead. oh, I just think that it's it's a beautiful how you're the perspective you're bringing is that in that highest truth that there I mean there is no judgment in the universe and there is redemption and there is a be- you're actually the contrast is creating the story and the learning and you know and that's what karma is about karma isn't a bad thing karma is the expansion it's the growth and learning process go ahead though I didn't want to end absolutely
1: up. Yeah. no and and people would actually do well reading there is a gospel. Of- according to Judas." That was removed from the Bible. Because a lot of the stories have been changed, obviously, yeah. in, in order to make points and, and give control mm-hmm. to the Catholic Church and the churches. Mm-hmm. So even Jesus' words were bastardized. They were changed. Mm-hmm. But Judas was happened to be Jesus' best friend. Yeah, And as soon as Jesus started his mission, it was actually Judas that was following him all along the way and was friends with him even before he started his mission. So there had to be somebody that decided who loved Jesus's soul, the soul of Jesus that incarnated into the character and the essence of Jesus that agreed with the soul of Judas to contract for this. You you would have to love this man so deeply that you'd be willing to incarnate on the planet and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to be the one that turns you in because this is what you want. I'm only doing this because you want it. I love you so much. I'll help you out. I know they're going to hate me for the rest of eternity, but I love you that much. I'll follow suit with what you want to do. But uh, Nobody pays attention to that. But in actuality, more of that is written in the gospel according to Judas, and they wouldn't want that in the Bible now, just like there's a gospel according to Mary Magdalene okay. that also talks about some wonderful things.
0: Vincent, so- you 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 don't know this, but I have to uh, bring it to. The attention here. So, I and all of the people who listen to this program, watch watch on YouTube or listen to it, I actually am doing a series. It's like a, a, a mini series inside of this podcast where I'm, t- it's called The Metaphysics of the Bible. And you don't know that. <laughs> You're coming in hot talking about <laughs> the beautiful relationship and the metaphysics in these stories. How, how, oh, how crazy yes. synchronistic is that? And I
1: actually, interpret the metaphysics yes. of all the stories of the Bible. Me
0: too. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. We do including the
1: nativity, the entire <laughs> yes. beginning.
0: Yes. I did that it too. It mm-hmm. is
1: actually a metaphor for us and and the beginning and the body, mind, and spirit, which yes. were the three wise kings Yes. Um, that it represented and the balance that needs to come in. And even though we start out as poor... Um, uneducated children. When we first incarnate into this world, our goal is to raise the Christ spirit within us, yes. which is just our connection. Mm-hmm. which source which spirit that's all so so yes i do all of that that's hysterical that's great you see the no connection idea. that we've got here
0: <laughs> i didn't know that i had no idea i did not know to expect this from vincent you guys it's,
1: i didn't <laughs> expect it from you <laughs> either so that's great
0: i get and i get do you get a lot of response people are like there I, so i started because i started the series metaphysics of the bible within my podcast um because well first of all that's actually my original spiritual development was in the church was an evangelical Christianity it wow. wasn't it wasn't put upon me by my family it was actually my way to rebel against my heathen family and to have righteous indignation over them was to take myself to church Uh-oh. as a kid. <laughs>
1: Okay. No, no I mean no problem. I understand. <laughs> Sometimes you have to go to one extreme in order to find the balance in between.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm joking. I'm teasing myself, but I, I did take myself to church as a child and I had a light body activation when I was baptized at age eleven. I didn't know that's what it was wow. until I had, you know, the clarity much later. And and I was in the church until I was about nineteen or twenty and because then it the the system of it started to become dogmatic and religious in a way that was no longer aligning with my you right. know, development and growth. But it's, it's still there for me. And even though I left the church when I was 19 or 20, also I was questioning things like, you're telling me this book is infallible? That doesn't make sense. Because which one of them, by the way? The Catholic one? The Mormon one? The New King James Version? The King James Version? The New International Version? All of those things are relevant. That's number one. Number two, if I rip out a section of it and hand it to someone, it doesn't spontaneously regenerate. So it cannot be infallible. <laughs> you know what I mean? right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that makes no sense. Nevertheless, there's stuff in it that is wonderful and edifying. And, well, now I would say metaphysical, you know. So, uh, Well, that's see, that's that's
1: why I believe that. This is really interesting that you talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't use the term infallible. Yeah, I use the course. term that it's supposed to be in flux and grow, mm-hmm. you know, with yes. us, with everything. I mean, considering the way it started in its origins... Right. The Old Testament was actually written while the Jews were held prisoner in both Babylonia and in Greece. So Mm -hmm. they are in two separate parts of the world. They didn't want their religion to be lost. So they started to write some historical or some of their precepts and understanding. Right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, some of the beginning stuff, they actually took from rules and laws from King Hammurabi, Mm -hmm. who was in Babylonia. He was the first king in human civilization to write down laws. He has a, an entire, um, um, I was going to say mosque. It's not a mosque. It's an, uh, an an obelisk in the middle of the city that have the laws written on them so that every citizen can see them. Mm-hmm. And some of the laws are written in Deuteronomy in the Old Testament, yeah. such as a husband can stone his wife to death if he finds out that she's not a virgin after he married her. Wow. Um, do you know how many women would be dead today? <laughs> don't I mean, tell our I students. don't even think there would be any that exist. <laughs> I mean, What is right. a virgin now? I mean, right. be, people don't get married until they're 30 now. Right. And so there's definite experience beforehand mm-hmm. or better yet, or better yet, a man can't take on a concubine if his wife doesn't put out for him.
0: Yeah.
1: Hey, eh? yeah. that's paragraph two. But that was the way they lived thousands of years ago, right. you know, back then. And we think so. It's not so much that it's infallible. It was what they needed at the time. That's number mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Number two, it was written by men and mm-hmm. men only. Yeah. So it was going to get a male gender filtration. Mm-hmm. And I don't care how spiritual the man is. If he still has a package between his legs, he is getting filtration no matter what he's writing. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. It's yes. coming through his male mind.
0: Yeah.
1: And Absolutely. then Number three, um, and more importantly, the interpretation of it is it's being interpreted through mm-hmm. our own personal experiences yes. and even the teacher's personal experiences. I mean, they don't teach some of the most proper things in the Bible. When I, I minored in religion, when I went back to school to get my degrees, because I wanted to know all about the thing that I was really connecting with. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. and. I learned more about the truth of that Bible from taking college and, and you know, intelligent and intellectual courses yeah. on how it was developed and how it was written, um, rather than just taking it from mm-hmm. the spiritual leader who and the minister who's teaching it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then so, if we talk about the New Testament, that was actually curated and uh, put together about 300 years after Christ, 300 no, three yes years it was 300 Christ, years after after Jesus and uh, many of the books the first four gops, gospels were the writing of them would have had to have been done when these men were at least 90 years old which was not how long people lived <laughs> then
1: No they did not <laughs> absolutely it and and It was even shown that some of the writings, especially John's, Mm -hmm. was not in his language. Right. It wasn't written the way he spoke. It wasn't written in the language. Right. And so it had to be written by somebody else. Yeah. Um. Yes. Not to mention that in 535 A.D. the Mm Nicaea, or however Nicaea. the first council of Nicaea, right? Uh Um. Council in Italy. Um tore apart the entire Bible to decide what was going to be kept in it and what was not,
0: yep, so again and- it was it was curated many so yes, the Christianity was not actually invented uh, no earlier than three hundred years after the man Jesus lived, and then again it was re-upped at that maybe five hundred right. mark when they decided to reinvent it for the sake of governmental concerns, mostly almost certainly, you know to be able to control totally. and man and here's the thing. If you don't know how to take care of uh, people who are having children when they can't support them, or maybe there are diseases, so then you say it's a sin to have sex before you get married. I mean, it's just it it, it just makes sense to go ahead and say that if you have no other mental, uh, you know, facility, science, or or even just logic that helps you to understand that, then it kind of makes sense why you would make that illegal or bad or something, right? Right, and and also.
1: Um Paul, who wrote most of the tenets of the Bible, and that was the previous Saul, Mm -hmm. okay, Mm -hmm. when he was Paul and he wrote the letters to the Corinthians, which Mm -hmm. were setting us up what the practice would be, he felt at the time that it was sex that was getting in the way of people's spiritual behavior or pursuing a Christ-like or Jesus relationship. Mm -hmm. So that's when he started writing rules about when you were allowed to have sex. Mm -hmm. You can have sex if you're procreating so that you can bring in children to worship God. Mm -hmm. If you were planning on being a minister, you could have no sex. So he actually removed those and started the monasteries away from town, away from town. Mm -hmm. And so that way they wouldn't be tempted and they would have to be there by themselves. So there was so much governed because of the fear of promiscuity and what sex was doing in the world or in their small town and area. And the belief of Paul that uh, you can't be spiritual and have sex at the same time.
0: And so we've taken that from – that was in this tiny town of Corinth. And what was the world population then? Probably 200,000. Oh. I don't even know.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> or at least, know, right?
0: <laughs> and the te- there was no technology. There was no shared information. They barely had no. – Uh, Written history that they could, you know, they didn't have printing press, so things being able to be passed around and education being able to be, you know, the intellectual part of it being able to help support any any of this, and and we're still somehow, no wonder there's so much unconsciousness about it, no wonder there's so much damage and disease and trauma when we're trying to make fit a shoe. Of uh, that's probably the size of our pinky toe at this size at this time. It doesn't make any sense anymore. The the antiquated well, system doesn't fit this one right now.
1: I have to tell you something funny because I was just thinking about this and planning on doing a whole radio program next Wednesday mm-hmm. myself on Unity Radio radio about the coronavirus. Oh, cool! Because yeah. though I haven't heard it yet, mm-hmm. I will assure you there will be some minister mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Who will come out and say that the coronavirus is our punishment for being gay mm-hmm. or having same sex marriage yeah. or being Democrat mm-hmm. or whatever? But there is going to be some ridiculous thing that is going to be said about this coronavirus because that's what they wind up doing with all of the diseases and all the disasters that happen here. Instead of people understanding that we collectively can contribute to the negativity that goes on in the world, they want to pick and choose who they want to throw that at. Yeah.
0: One hundred percent. I remember. Was it Rush? Wasn't it Rush Limbaugh when there was Hurricane Katrina and what was that two thousand six or seven Hurricane Katrina that hit Louisiana? And he said it was because Ellen DeGeneres is from Louisiana. I'm like, that is such a reach, dude. That is.
1: I, I know, I know, uh, absolutely. So why not wipe out all the people that live there?
0: Yeah, right.
1: Because she- of Ellen G- DeGeneres, who no longer lives there, not, who's yeah, they, out in California. They should
0: wipe out Burbank then, <laughs> or he, God, right. or whatever. And having
1: a very successful show. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, look who's dying of cancer. Oh. Yeah. Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. Right now, <sighs> sad to say, but talk about manifesting. And what oh. does he have cancer of?
0: I don't know what the throat. The throat, right? The throat. Yeah, that's right. I was, I was kind of remembering that. Yeah,
1: right. Mm. Isn't that throat a coincidence? Chakra. Then, and we know there's no coincidences. He spoke so much negativity that it finally just attacked him. Yeah, the throat chakra His is like no nope. negativity, and that's, I mean, that's the way I believe anyway. Yeah. Just the same as, I mean, talk about getting off the path of Friday the Thirteenth here. But that was a great <laughs> conversation. I love that. I think it was um, so fun.
0: Yeah, well, that Friday- was the
1: first part. But we're the ones that then manifest it. Yeah. The other part that I wanted to throw in why they thought that Friday the 13th was so bad mm-hmm. is the Knights Templar. Mm. They were the group of knights who protected the Vatican and the Pope. Mm-hmm. Okay. They were all captured and slaughtered yes. on a Friday the 13th. I
0: did know that. Yes. I remember that yeah. now too. Yes. Yes. I thought that's where yeah. it stemmed from. I didn't know it had a, an association to Jesus's. Um, yeah,
1: that was Jesus's um, the thirteenth yeah. disciple uh-huh. um, being crucified on the thirteenth. So yeah, so they turned it into you know something that is so bad, mm-hmm. and then they link it with every other superstition. And and you know us as humans, we tend to grasp on to the negative more than we grasp on to yeah. the positive, right? You know, that's how we're trained.
0: Yeah, that's that's how we're conditioned. The child is conditioned that's right. It's
1: exactly how we're conditioned. We hear no more than we hear yes from the day we're born.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. You know, so that's what winds up happening. And then one day, somebody is walking down the street eating an ice cream cone, not paying attention to where he's walking. He happens to walk under a ladder, Mm -hmm. and the guy is painting on the ladder. Mm -hmm. The guy happens to drop his paint bucket, and it's the guy with the ice cream cone in the head. Mm -hmm. So now. Instead of saying, don't be a dope and be looking down at your ice cream cone while you're walking on a city street, you know, he said, "No. Oh my gosh. It's unlucky to walk under a ladder." Yeah. Well, it's also stupid, too. <laughs> I mean, so, so, so what part of it is, is the luck, what part of it is the ignorance of yeah. walking under. You know, and and then I can just see this other person, I don't know, guy or girl, also walking down the street and a beautiful black cat goes by. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at the pretty cat. And she walks right into a tree while she's looking at the cat. Yeah. And uh, now she says, oh, my gosh, it's bad luck yeah. to, to have a black cat walk in front of you. <laughs> we will do anything to blame any of the things that happen to us that are negative on something else. And that's exactly how Friday the 13th came about as being unlucky. And as long as anybody thinks that way, that's exactly what's going to happen. But the 13th and Friday the 13th happen to be very special days for me. They're wonderful days. I love them. It's also just like that Mercury retrograde and Saturn retrograde. They Everything that happens bad electronically or with the, the weather or something, it's because Mercury is retrograding. Well, hell, recently Mercury must stay in retrograde because of all the crap that's been going on.
0: But, <laughs> well, in a, in, a, in a production studio that Kurt, my producer, is it's, it's always Mercury retrograde inside a tech studio.
1: Of course it is. <laughs> It's always it's always retrograding. Anytime something happens, <laughs> ah, it must be Mercury. Well, thank goodness. It used to be that the, the husband got blamed for everything. You know? <laughs> now it's Mercury. I don't mind that. Um, but Mercury retrograde in my chart happens to be the best circumstances for mm. me. They're the strongest awesome. elements that happen to come out my energy. Mm. But it's because I truly believe it's because of what yeah. I did with my energy. I increased it by believing in Truly believing in the positive, and I don't mean saying that the glass is half full. Mm -hmm. That's more nonsense there. Mm -hmm. Just because you say the glass is half empty, that's not what makes you negative. It's just an awareness. I mean, if you want to really be positive, the positive statement is, I've got water. (laughs) 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 I don't care if it's half full or half empty. At least I got a glass of water. This guy next to me is dying of thirst. He doesn't have water. So it's positive to notice you have water. Absolutely. You know, we just go where we don't need to go. Mm -hmm. And we're the ones that create all that negative stuff. And now we're trying to say what's positive and affirmation. And I believe in all of that. Mm -hmm. But what's really been happening is especially in this spiritual new thought movement a lot of people are wondering why the information isn't working for them well i have a whole program based on that called stop stopping yourself and become unstoppable and it, <laughs> it, it, it's a really great deep program but the but the, the long and the short of it is what a lot of people have been doing and if i can paint this image in in your listener's minds and in your mind take a whiteboard and on the whiteboard or a pad, write every negative feeling you have, negative doubt about yourself, whatever it is it'll probably fill up that page just fill it up whatever mm-hmm. anything that you can be in touch with now you're starting to read some positive books and they say to say affirmations you know I'm lovable i'm I'm good looking I say that one every single day, but I don't do it as affirmation. I really want to believe that. <laughs> um, um, and, and take pretty pictures of bunny rabbits and flowers and paste them on top of that whiteboard or pad as you're putting the affirmation on top of that. Mm-hmm. So then I ask everybody okay, so your whole board is filled with all these pretty pictures and pretty affirmations. Have you gotten rid of your negative beliefs? Right. No. Right. They're underneath the pretty pictures. And so when you wonder why things aren't going right, it's because you've only hidden mm-hmm. the negative beliefs. And it's the undercore beliefs that manifest your life, not the conscious ones,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not the pretty pictures you put on, but what's under those pretty pictures.
0: Yeah. And uh, you know you have to
1: get I, rid of that.
0: I don't know if you know you probably don't know this about me. So I I'm a I'm a medium and animal communicator, but I'm also a clinical hypnotherapist. And so yeah, the it's not just working with the conscious mind and you know, working with just the love and light on top of it, you have to get into that subconscious and find out what it is. Usually, from the between the ages of zero and eight, how that negative belief got started, how you were trained or conditioned to look for the yeah. negative to keep yourself safe or to believe in the the fear to keep yourself safe, and it's that's that's a whole journey for all of us. But it's there. It is. It
1: is there. It is there. Yeah. Um, then you would enjoy my my work and my material because because... because I actually divided the mind. Mm -hmm. That's why I went back to school to get my psychotherapy degree. Um, I got my undergrad degree in in psychology, and then my master's in clinical social work, because I really wanted to know the human mind. Mm -hmm. And there are anomalies that do go on. And what people have to understand about the brain to start with, the two highest functions of the human brain is to keep us alive Mm -hmm. and to protect us. That's how it keeps us alive. Now, physically... We know how it protects us. So, for example, um, if we do get a bug or bacteria inside of us, the brain will cause your body temperature to raise. So, it's not the bug that is giving you a fever. It's your brain doing that to put your body in an unlivable environment, hoping to kill off the bacteria. Now, it has to weigh its priorities. Even though the temperature makes you feel uncomfortable, and can even kill you if it goes too high, the brain is not considering that. Its first primary objective is to protect you from that bacteria. Yes. Just the same as the brain will make us pass out purposely when we don't have enough oxygen. Mm -hmm. Why? Because when the human body is laying flat, it can breathe better. When it's unconscious, it can take in a better breath, and thus more oxygen. It's not considering the fact that you just climbed Mount Everest, are on the peak, and you pass out from lack of oxygen and fall off the cliff. Right. It's not paying attention to that. Right. So what does it do then emotionally when you have emotional pain? It will hide it. It will Mm -hmm. help you create a different set of beliefs to shield you and protect you from the old ones, but it actually will create another layer of your mind so that you don't pay attention to what's going on underneath the mind. The, the, the maladaptive beliefs that you formed when you were a child up to eight years old or, or older. Mm-hmm. The I'm nots, I call them. I'm not good yes. enough. I'm not lovable. I'm not deserving, whatever. Yes. And so the protection is that new set of beliefs. Mm -hmm. Now, everybody is walking around today with that new set of beliefs. And if you get involved spiritually on a spiritual journey or a metaphysical journey and you think you're taking in all the classes and you know the law of attraction and how to manifest and it's still not working, that's because you're processing from that fake mind, Mm -hmm. not the real one underneath it, Yes, because underneath it. That mind is saying, you're not good enough. You're not deserving. You're not going to get a lover. You're not going to manifest your dreams. You don't deserve that. And unless you bring that to the surface and and release that, you will never manifest what you want to manifest because you're constantly fighting that deep down inner voice. Yes. And our manifesting power is located in the unconscious mind, not the conscious mind.
0: Yes. Yes. The conscious mind can know all the things that it wants to know, but its job really is willpower, analysis, decision-making. And when we say decision-making, that's not choice, like holistic choice that's in some kind of alignment with your whole being. It's to make a decision. It can't know anything that is... It, it, it's, it's supposed to be the assistant, the conscious mind. It's supposed to be the secretary and the gopher. And it's great and all, but it isn't that. Yeah. It isn't the, the part of the mind that is going to shift and change your life or even just create the life that is truly more holistic for you, more in alignment for you.
1: Right, mm-hmm. right. And it only accounts for two to 5% of the entire mind to start with. So 95 to 98% of the entire mind is in unconscious awareness. Most people are walking around and they have absolutely no idea what's going on inside of them, Mm
0: -hmm. which
1: is why when somebody turns around, especially with me, um, well, I'm a psychic. They come to me so that I can know what's going on inside of them. (laughs) I'm like, I tell them, look. I know you better than you know you because yeah. I'm seeing on the inside mm-hmm. that part you're not seeing.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so well, you and can that's, bring
1: that to the surface,
0: and that's what a, a psychics, mediums. We we work with essentially the subconscious mind. We work with this collective subconscious, and yes, so totally that's what that's what we tap into. Is we're just tapping into that field. That's the call it the Akash. Call it you know the collective subconscious, or but that is what we work in, and so people that well, are interested in working with their intuition. And then to actually get into it, but you know, doing a program like yours, what what is your advice? How do people begin to understand, uncover those negative beliefs, even in their day to day practice, their own discipline? Yeah.
1: Having been a psychotherapist too, and dealing with actual patients, that helped me learn even more about people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Even in, in that realm of psychology, the majority of people don't like going to therapists. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they're afraid that their greatest fears about themselves, their greatest fears of their inadequacies, they're going to find out are really true. Mm. So this is the odd thing. Okay. So you've got this first set of beliefs so or the original set of beliefs are from your soul when we first come in mm-hmm. that know you're magnificent divine perfect you're great mm-hmm. then as soon as you start receiving these negative messages from the environment you develop another layer mm-hmm. of maladaptive beliefs now that hides the I'm great belief so now you got the maladaptive beliefs mm-hmm. then you develop the defense mechanisms mm-hmm. okay so now When you're going to a therapist, your defense mechanisms have protected you all along, but the therapist is trying to open that up and break them down so you can face the maladaptive beliefs. But people think that's the last layer Mm. that I'm going to be stuck with. I'm not good enough. I'm not wonderful. And it's like, no, 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 no. Give it a little bit more time and you'll get down to the truth of who you really are. Those are fake beliefs. They're not true. They were defined for you by other people, by the environment. Those Mm -hmm. aren't even your beliefs. You were made to believe that. And you're just buying into it now as an adult because you don't know anything else to believe. But what people need to do is stop being so afraid to find out what they really believe. because. You know what's crazy about all of this to start with? It's all an, uh, an illusion to start with. It yeah. really is. Mm-hmm. And when you tell that to people, they don't, you know, that's like, oh, my God, where did he come from, the 60s and did a lot of drugs? <laughs> um it's hard, but if you want to start evolving, you have to start realizing that a lot of this, this is all fake, okay? Mm -hmm. And that in the end, when we get to the other side, we're going to look at all of this and go, oh my God, I can't believe I I worried about all of that. I can't believe I worried, I felt so guilty that I didn't raise my kid right. Mm -hmm. It's just like, all the worries that we have about how bad we are are all nonsensical worries. You know, even, okay, and I know that this is the hardest thing to want to believe, but even Hitler come, came from God. Of course. Even right? Hitler has that within his heart. Mm-hmm. But this man had been sexually molested by his mother and his father until he was 13 years old. Mm-hmm. He was so mentally ill. He wasn't trying to conquer the world. He was trying to conquer his pains. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Right? So once you start dealing with that part and you realize how you were made to feel about yourself, even the worst can be forgiven. Mm -hmm. So you've got to look at yourself and say, it's okay for me to face what I really believe about myself. And I do that work. When people come to me, and I'm sure you do the same thing, During the one hour or half hour session that they have with me, I let them see by way of evidence, you know, Mm -hmm. um, by me bringing out some of the information by bringing in deceased loved ones that will come to, to help me with that Mm -hmm. and show them, do you understand now why you truly don't believe you're lovable? Mm. And it's when they go, oh my gosh, Yes. And I said, just say that. Say that out loud. I want you to say that I'm unlovable. And they say it. And I go, how does that sound to you? And they said, it sounds ridiculous. I said, of course it does. But you've had that hidden for all of your life because you were so afraid to hear that. But now that you just heard you believe that, do you really think you're unlovable? Really? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, not given the evidence of the guys or the girls that you attracted in your life or the way you were treated, but you personally right now, are you that terrible that you can't be loved? And and of course, 99.9% of them all say, no, of course I'm lovable. I deserve to be loved. There you go. That's your new belief. Mm. But you don't, you can't get to the new belief until you face the old belief. It really is that simple of a process. It's a difficult practice.
0: Yes, the practice. You know, and yeah. the, the people, when people are hesitant to begin the work, whether it's with therapy psychotherapy or if it is in some kind of metaphysical experience actually even I've had uh, friends or I've had a friend who who started yeah. to meditate and was doing really well but then after about two weeks was get was dusting stuff up and was seeing what was going on in his unconscious and and then he stopped right. because he didn't want to he didn't want to face that but here's the thing is that the fear is illogical too, because you don't go in and get therapy and start working on that stuff and become injured. You already are. You are just right. seeing the dirt as you you're seeing the dirt as you take the trash out. But you are taking it out as soon as you bring that light of awareness to it. It's already getting better. But otherwise, you're just going to walk around carrying that trash with you. It's just there already. You aren't creating it when you are bringing your awareness to it. You're actually healing it and releasing it at that time.
1: Absolutely. It's, it's what I always tell people. When you have physical pain, you take an analgesic mm-hmm. to deaden the pain and to stop the signals going to the brain. When you have an emotional pain, you face it, yeah. look at it, you move through and it. allow yourself to feel through it to release it yes. and get rid of it.
0: Well, that is part one with Vincent Jenna. The second part will be coming up. It may be the next episode or it may be the one after that. It is packed full of a lot of information and a lot of energy, too, as you can hear and or see. He has so much energy and so much enthusiasm, and it is Infectious in a good way. And he, go check out his website and all of the other links that he talks about. I guess if you go to his website, as, as he said, that that's probably the best way you can join his mailing list. And he has tons of media out there so that you can really immerse yourself in that the energy. And that is really a, a way to kind of be in your regular practice is to utilize the free resources that are out there through practitioners and um, speakers and, you know, folks like Vincent to Gemma and of course, Jenna and myself, of course, I hope you will like, subscribe, share, and comment. Um, and if you review the podcast on the actual podcast outlet, particularly, I think you do it on iTunes, then that will really help me to boost up in that algorithm, that old algorithm, and also for us to be able to shine our light together. And I would really appreciate that. And I appreciate you so much for watching and listening. And by the way, I am starting a new segment, a new little feature on this program on Charmed Life, and that is I will be actually answering questions right on the show. And so you can submit your question, whether it's a spiritual question, whether it's about metaphysics or something to do with metaphysical topics or spirituality or Anything uh, along those lines, or if you want intuitive insight on something, you can actually submit it. And the way that you would do that is to email me at questions at trishacarcharm.com. And that is, again, questions at carcharm.com. Be sure to spell Trisha Carr correctly, T-R-I-C-I-A-C-A-R-R, and the word charm, C-H-A-R-M, not with the E-D on it, even though it's called charmed life. <laughs> And, you know, it's all of our charmed life. It's not about my charmed life. It's about the life living a life of magic. And that's what this program is about. So I would love to, if you would like to submit, I used to take phone calls, but it seemed to interrupt the flow a little bit. And I got the feedback that um, it was not preferred. And uh, so there we are. Uh, And then when I went on YouTube, It kind of opened the floodgate to trolls finding me, telling me that I was going to hell and all of that, and ain't nobody got time for that. We're here to shine. We're here to love on each other. And so if you want to engage in that way, we'll see how this feature goes, but I'm opening up, and you guys let me know if you like it by emailing me, all right? So that is this episode today with Vincent Jenna. Part two will be coming up soon, and I hope you'll stay tuned for all of the other upcoming episodes, and until then, thanks for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are. Hey guys, it's Trisha Carr. I have new exciting things going on with my Mystic Arts Academy. You can now subscribe to receive all of the live monthly content for about a third of the investment of a single class. Included are at least one downloadable guided meditation per month, Two live events ranging from classes, channeled messages, group readings, intuitive development guidance, Q&A sessions, and tons of community. You'll also have access to a private Facebook community for fellowship and support. And this space is kept super sacred and high vibrational. Your subscription gives you access to the whole library of classes and live events, which are on a vast array of topics. All events are offered online by Zoom video call, and many are also offered live in person at my studio here in Los Angeles. Subscribing to the Mystic Arts Academy is also a way for you to support the Charmed Life podcast and engage on a deeper level. I'm offering the subscription at a super low rate of $22 a month. Joining now locks in this rate for as long as you're subscribed. Click on the description of this episode or go to my website, trishacarrcharm.com and click on Mystic Arts Academy. I look forward to connecting.